We're continuing to dig in on the 2023 recruiting class and the transfer portal on today's episode of Locked On Sooners. You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And joining us on Locked On Sooners to talk through Transfer Portal to talk recruiting is my man from the Sooners Wire, Bryant Cruz. Bryant, what's up, man? It's been a long time since we've had you on, but really happy to have you back. Yeah, absolutely. I'm uh, very, very, very thankful that you you guys have allowed me to join you guys in this space. So uh, I'm excited and let's get into it. Well, so Bryant is my recruiting guy over at Sooners Wire. He's the guy that is has his kind of pulse or hand on the pulse of what's going on. Um, both in the transfer portal and in the recruiting. So, Brian, just as we let's start with 2023 first. As we kind of inch towards the early signing day, you know, we're almost a week away from that at this point. Mm-hmm. National signing day is less than two months. What's kind of your biggest impression of this recruiting class and how high could it end up getting for the Oklahoma Sooners? I think that's a great question. I think my biggest impression of just the entire recruiting class in general is that uh, a lot of the stuff that we were sold or told by the previous regime um, was kind of was kind of not. Uh, how do I put this without sounding ridiculous? It 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 made us it feel like we were being like we were being gaslit. I guess that's kind of where I wanted to head with it. Um, this class is it's already it's pretty remarkable as is for a guy who is a first year coach he had a 6 and 6 season um which is just far and away not Oklahoma standards at all and yet they are trending towards probably their best recruiting class in um what 10 to a, a long time a long 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 time um, I, I just think that it's, it's a phenomenal job. Um, it can go from a really, really good class to a great class, um, objectively speaking. Um, if they close out on a couple of targets coming up, um, one of or a couple of them, um, like Tazilia Akana, is already uh, projected to um, land with the Sooners yesterday. That was a big one. He's a four-star kid, top 40. Um, I think that's just it's 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 incredible what they've done. Um, we got the Peyton Bowen uh, saga that's just it feels like it just won't end. I think we're all kind of at that point. We're just like, come on, like let's 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 let's, let's just whether it, it goes our way or it doesn't. Um, we we want to see some clarity there. But you get those two, and uh, you add maybe a couple of other like smaller guys um, in terms of just like the recruiting rank. Um, they're pushing 300 uh points on uh 247 and that that's not happened in since recruiting became like a widely tracked and um recorded uh kind of science or whatever you whatever you want to call it um that's not happened for OU like even though the best classes in the early 2000s maxed out at like 290 so um that's just just to give a little insight there and that's you know 
and that's not including the possibility of a David Hicks getting added into the mix, but just Akana and, and Bowen themselves would have OU like knocking on the door at for 300, which is absurd and would almost basically guarantee them a top three class, which again, we never got with the previous regime. And we were basically told that it was just not possible. So um, I think ne the next couple of weeks and in, into February are going to be very should be a very good, good, good time to be a, a, a Oklahoma Sooner fan. So then on that note, Bryant, what what does it say about this staff and what does it say for Oklahoma that, you know, look, obviously there's some work to be done in, in the next week to finalize some of what we're talking about. But if Oklahoma is able to swing that, to pull that off, what does that say for Venables, for the staff that they're able to do that with their full first recruiting class? I think – if anything, it vindicates everything. Uh, it, it vindicates the entire hire, right? Well, not entirely, but it, it, it gives you a small sliver of vindication as to why he was the right guy um, at the right time as Oklahoma. And I think everyone, it, it, it gets lost in translation. Everyone thinks just like next year and the upcoming season. And I think that's okay, right? You have to live in the moment. But Brent himself even said this in his, you know, his entrance, like press conference and stuff like that, like, Hey, I feel like I'm basically the guy that can lead Oklahoma into the SEC, and I think that we could be successful there. You, you can't go. The Oklahoma couldn't go into the SEC bringing in the level of talent that they were previously. I'm, I, 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 I hate to be the bearer of bad news. We could lie and tell ourselves that they were going to be perfectly fine, and they would have found a way. That's just not the case. Um, and getting Brent and Brent doing this in year one with again a very, very mediocre season um, with a lot of guys that were holdovers from the previous regime um, and still being able to sell kids on a recruiting show with no, no job experience, basically, as a head coach to sit there and say, hey, we're building something. Um, I want you to come to, Oak, to, to, to Norman and we're going to show you kind of what we're building. And this is what we're also looking to go and do. And kids are buying it. Um, and I, I, I think being able to land Jackson Arnold is a, is a phenomenal achievement. Um, Levy deserves a lot of credit for it. Um, he didn't, I mean, he had, you know, his old miss and his UCF or UCF stuff, uh, to kind of fall back on, but to get him and then to kind of see how much he's blossomed is, is a shining achievement. Again, he's coming to play for a head coach that doesn't have any sort of, you know, noteworthy success as a head coach. This is his first time. And just the quality of defensive players. And I think that that ultimately is the biggest thing. Um, and that's that's kind of like the highlight of the class, right, is uh, obviously you have Jackson Arnold, but the bulk of these guys that are, that are highly touted are defensive players. Um, P.J. Adebawar, um, you've got Tazili Akana as a potential um, guy that signs next week. Um, if, you, if you land Peyton Bowen, basically four of their top five guys are going to be defenders. And I think that's the stark that's the stark difference between why Oklahoma could succeed going into the SEC as opposed to previously. So um, I think more than anything, uh, I guess in, in, in conclusion, it just goes to speak that it, all of the things that we thought we should have been getting previously, um, they can they can be done. It, it can be done, um, and I think you have the buy-in of everyone in the community um the support staffs and you've got uh the higher ups uh 
presidents and and ads and joes you know joe and david and all, all these people are are behind it and you see and we're, we're you know you're reaping the benefits already and we haven't even put a winning product quote unquote on the field under brent venables yet um and i think that that, that speaks volumes imagine what happens next year if oklahoma goes 10 and 2 and wins the big 12 yeah, it's a little bit of what we talked about on our show earlier this week where we just talked about Brent Venable's track record is enough to to draw yep. people. I mean, he's got 20 years of experience and 20 years of putting guys into the NFL, coordinating really, really good defenses. And I, I think you're absolutely right. The value of this class is being shown with the defensive recruits that they've brought in. I mean, eight right now, just right now, eight blue chip defenders, four and five star defenders. You add Akana, you add Peyton Bowen, that blossoms to 10 blue chip defenders which would be nine of your top 11 you know commits if they all end up signing would be defensive players and that is definitely a a big step away from the offensive minded lincoln riley who as you mentioned they felt like they couldn't recruit defensively to oklahoma well maybe just didn't have the right guy to recruit defensively to oklahoma because it seems like this guy is able to recruit not this guy but brent venables the guy is able to recruit defensively to oklahoma and that to me is, is, is pretty special. And I, I think the thing that you're hitting on, especially the fact that Oklahoma has gone six and six, and it doesn't seem to have dissuaded anybody from coming to Norman. That to me is the Brent Venables factor. It's just, this guy believes so much in what he's doing that he's able to, to bring people along with him. Like, Hey, come be a part of this because it's going to be great. And so, and then your two, your two offensive players in your top, you know, nine right now would be top 11 are really good players. And Jackson Arnold, who's a fringe top 10, two, four, seven player. And then Caden green, who is one of the best interior offensive line prospects in the country. So like, you're not necessarily missing out on offensive talent either. You're just getting a lot of really good defensive talent because you still got several four-star offensive you know, players, you know, that come in behind that. So, I mean, the recruiting class as a whole just is going to shape up to be fantastic. Yep. Um, are there any guys that you think could be potential surprises out there? I mean, you, you touched on David Hicks. It seems like there's a lot that's kind of trending away from him ending up in Norman. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anywhere else, anybody else that's out there, like a, a Micah Tease or the the tight end that's out of Arkansas that might maybe be a late add to Oklahoma's recruiting class? Yeah. So Micah Tease obviously is the the name, right? Because he has he's a legacy. His his brother played at Oklahoma. Um, Oklahoma was recruiting him. And I think most for people who aren't, you know, as versed into uh, the recruiting world, the issue I think that most people don't realize is Oklahoma probably very easily could have Micah Tease um, if the current staff um, had the, the majority of his recruitment as opposed to basically coming on Towards the tail end, right? Um, this kid, he was a junior. He was going into his senior year. A lot of these, a lot of, a lot of these kids want to. They, their recruitment is naturally winding down um, as you head into your senior year, and that's kind of where it was with Tease. And ultimately, the previous staff wanted him as a DB. Um, they wanted him to play defensive back. He did not want to play defensive back. He wanted to play receiver, and. He really, they didn't really push for him to play receiver, and so he went to where you know they were. They were saying, "Yeah, absolutely, you come over here, you can play receiver, 
and that was Arkansas. Um, and Arkansas got him. And obviously things have kind of transpired with Oklahoma's receiving uh, options and stuff like that and receiving commits um, this class. And so now they double back and that's what they are reaching out to him and recruiting for. They want him to play receiver. And I think that that the lure of, you know, being from Oklahoma, playing for the best school in Oklahoma um, that also your brother played at, I think it's, it's a serious draw. Um, I think that that's very much a real possibility. Um, I think that that's something that is, it's, 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 it's touch and go right now. I don't, I don't, I can't, I can't really tell you one way or another um, how it's going to go, but that's definitely probably priority one in terms of offensive players. Um, you've got Quincy Rhodes is the the tight end that you mentioned as well. Um, who's an Arkansas commit, um, which is funny because there's another former Sooner uh, commit at one time that's also committed to Arkansas. There's a possibility that he might decommit. Arkansas is in Luke, Luke Haas, um, who's from Oklahoma again. Um, there's some weird things going on in, 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 in Fayetteville. I'm not sure what is going on, but there's a lot of speculation that a couple of commits could be on the way out um, over the next couple of weeks or so. So that's something to monitor. Um, obviously, Micah Tease is the big the big name there, quote unquote, for for Oklahoma. Um, I think elsewhere. Um, I, I would probably say that's that's really it in terms of high schoolers. Um, you've got a lot of action going on. Um with uh with a lot of the transfer portal stuff which we can get into later but i think i think micah um quincy Rhodes are two of the 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 the, the, the big names that i would say that are, are names of kind of follow right now um there was a defensive in uh four-star defense defensive in commit um for michigan uh you know etta had came down for a visit um during bedlam he was a surprise visitor um might be a name to watch. Um, kind of got a little went, went dark on that for a little while. So I'm not necessarily sure if that's something still viable. Uh, but that was something that was talked about for a while. Would have been a, a, a very big surprise. But other than that, I think I think really Tease is the one. Um, Tease and Rhodes um, are, the, are the two big names, though. Definitely want to get some of your thoughts on just the, the class as a whole, just some of the individual players that you're intrigued by before that imagine this you're hanging out with some friends putting back a few drinks a few becomes a few too many and as the evening comes to a close people start to head out you think of calling for a ride but you make that decision nah you live close by you can make it home no big deal what are the odds you'll get pulled over right and even so what's the worst that's going to happen your insurance goes up you lose your license you lose your job you total your car you kill someone everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk the results, often tragic, often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers, they're out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again, people. Play it safe. Plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to not only change your life, but to change somebody else's or some some other family's lives forever. So drive sober or get hold over Bryant this uh Oklahoma class man we've talked about it just top to bottom it's got a chance to be like you said 
the the best Oklahoma class historically. That's wild when you put it in those terms, right? And here and there, there's, you know, really just the David Hicks thing, I think, for some people. It's like, oh, man, you know, here you had this five-star. Uh, you didn't have a commit, but it was crystal balled in that fashion that it was going to play out that Hicks would commit to Oklahoma. Obviously, he's made a different choice, and nobody's totally given up on that one until we reach signing day. But like you said, I mean, all things considered, a couple of things happen. This winds up as Oklahoma's, per points, greatest class ever in the history of the program. So I'm just curious kind of individually as you start looking at a couple of offensive guys, a couple of defensive guys, where it sits right now. It, let's say that Oklahoma adds nothing else from the high school ranks, right? Which probably they're going to, a flip here, a flip there. But uh, just where it's at right now, who are you excited about in this class for Oklahoma? I'll, I'll get the, I'll get the, the, I guess, the expected names out of the way. Um, I'm very excited to see Jackson Arnold um, just in, 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 a, in a collegiate setting. Um, I, being, being, you know, living in Dallas, um, I've been able to watch a couple of his games on TV. Um, and if they had, you know, won their, their previous, their last playoff game, I would have gone to see him uh, this weekend in, this, in the state, uh, state title game. Um, but I think he's phenomenal. Um, it's crazy because when we, as a, you know, all three of us, we were together and we covered his commit or when he first committed to Oklahoma. Um, and I was like, okay, this is a good developmental four-star kid. You know, he's got some upside. He can definitely be a P5 starter. And then wins the Elite 11 and does all these things. And in his senior year, he just absolutely just rips up Texas 6A competition, um, which, you know, pound for pound is some of the best high school competition in, 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 this, in the country. Um, I think that's, that's insane. Um, but per, I guess it, out of the non-traditional, uh, you know, kind of sector, uh, I am very much looking to see uh, Caden Green, um, Samuel Osamigo. Uh, I think that his athletic profile is absurd. Um, I, I just think that that's he, – he represents the new age linebacker that you see in all levels of football now, right? Um, he's not overly, like, massive. Um, he's, like, 6'1", 6'2". Um, he's going to probably come in at a lane, like, 6 or, like, 2'10", two, 2'15". Two two um, over the course of his college career, he probably gets up to, like, 2'30", maybe, 2'35". But he can run. He can cover. Um, he's not scared to hit someone. I, I, I'm infatuated with that because that, those are the type of players that – that's what football is trending to, right? Um, these hybrid – uh, linebacker safety types. And I think that those are the types of players that make Brent Venable's defense work. Um, we talk all about, you talk all the time about Cheetah. Uh, Deshaun White did an excellent job this year for the most part, right? Um, he caught his stride, I think like probably like the fourth game on, and then he put together a heck of a season. Um, but obviously to that point, I still think that there is, there are better athletes, quote unquote, on Oklahoma's team that, probably could have played their role even better. You have uh, Jaron Connock, right? I think that that might be his position next year. But nonetheless, you have you have these like hybrid players, these freak athletes that 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 can play defense, they can run, they can they can tackle, they can they can cover. Um and I think Samuel Osamigo just kind of fits into that bill. Um I like him a lot. Um I think PJ Adebowar is assuming um like you said, we don't get anyone else. Uh, and you take Jackson Arnold out the equation, I think PJ, he gives me the biggest vibe of being 
um, a potential like first round draft pick. Um, he's super twitchy. He's he's long. He's six five. Um, he legitimately looks like the defensive ends that Oklahoma fans have sit there and watched pick apart our teams when we've gone to the college football playoffs. Like he he looks like those guys, right? Um, and he has to obviously add muscle and whatnot, but he's a freak athlete. And I, I think that he's just one of those guys that I would be thoroughly shocked if he's not on the two deep come game one next year. Like I, I just, with everything that they're kind of losing and they filtered out so many, so many guys on the depth chart. I just don't, I find it very hard for him not to uh, see snaps kind of like our Mason Thomas, right? Um, again, another, sudden athlete that's just twitchy and he's he's quick he's fast and he's coming off the edge and um i i i love pj's game and i think that he might go down as the recruit that we are very thankful um wasn't poached away by the alabamas the georgias of the world more than anybody else out of this class and i'm sure there's gonna be a, a, a surprise or two Kind of like you had in 2020 when Marvin Mims showed up. He's a three star. No one, no one expected what we've gotten from him and for him to be this, you know, the star of the team. So there's going to be someone else on there. But um, I think PJ and, and and Samuel Osamigo are two of the guys that I'm very, very, very high on. And I would also say Jacoby Johnson, um, just because of his athletic profile. Again, um, he hasn't really committed, you know, full time into football yet. Right? He's playing basketball could have played P5 basketball elsewhere. Um, I'm really interested to see how he does when he no longer is playing basketball. Um, and those extra however many hours are going to weightlifting um, and skill development with Jay Valai and uh, Brandon Hall and stuff on the back end. Um, so those are, those, are my, those are my three, I think, if I had to pick some. Yeah, it's an exciting class. I mean, we've we've been talking about it as well. I mean, the, the guys I'm most excited about are kind of those guys at the, on the three star range, the Ashton Sanders and the Taylor Wayne, and you know yep. our guy Josh Bates who got his fourth star. So yep. there's a lot of guys in this group to be really excited about and to to look forward to watching in the spring game in 2023 and then seeing how they develop throughout their Oklahoma career. Let's turn to the transfer portal because Oklahoma has really gotten off to a really nice start in the portal. They landed Jacob Lacey before the season was even finished, brought back Austin Stogner to, to play tight end for him, and then added Deshaun McCullough, who is the number one edge in the class, one of the best players in the class, as a true freshman, had really good production. But it doesn't seem like it's going to stop there either. They, they're in the top five for Keyshawn Blackstone, who is not really a transfer. He's a JUCO uh, player, but being in college, I don't know why, just kind of I want to lump them all in with the transfers, but um, they've done a nice job so far, but it seems like there's still areas where they need to add players or positions. They need to add players. Where are some of the areas you think they need to look uh, in the transfer portal to, to really solidify this team for 2023? Um, right off the top of my head, it's offensive line. Um, I've told you, you've talked about this before. Uh, I, I, I find it personally uh, hard to believe that they go into summer. I'll say summer because I think spring you you're iffy because you still have guys that are going to be transferring out um, after spring games and whatnot. Um, you have that window of transfer opportunities there. Um, but I, I can't see Oklahoma going into the summer um, 
counting on Jacob Sexton and Jake Taylor as and, and Tyler Guyton basically as the only like proven guys, quote unquote, that have gotten snap, you know, gotten snaps last year. I just don't see it. I don't see that. Um, obviously, Chris Murray is gone now. Um, he's graduated. He no longer has any more eligibility. Um, so you also don't have a right guard. Um, and there you, you enter, you know, Keyshawn Blackstock, right? He is a transfer. Um, Juco guy, so he's already kind of played a little bit um, collegiately, so to speak. And I feel like he may be a guy that, you know, if Oklahoma can land, but he's got some stiff competition. Um, Oregon's going to lose some guys to the NFL. Uh, Tennessee as well. Uh, Darnell Wright is a very highly coveted uh, NFL prospect. He's in he's in the same tier of uh, tackles as Anton Harrison. Um, so they both are going to be looking to get drafted. Um, so there's an opening there for him in, in Tennessee. Uh, Michigan State's on him pretty pretty heavily. Um, uh, our friend our friends in uh, Southern California um, have entered their name into the mix as well. Uh, and they're losing guys. Uh, I know Voorhees was an All-American. He's gone um, this season as well. So that's going to be – that's a battle that Oklahoma would like to win. Uh, I mean, he, he feels a need. Um, 6'5", 320. Um, he's, you know, college ready, per se, um, as opposed to looking at, you know, uh, some of the younger guys in their recruiting class to come here and be – full depth pieces. And I just, I think that offensive line is, is something that they need to um, attack very, very hard um, as much as possible. And if we're, we're talking other groups, receiver. Um, receiver is the big one, right? Uh, we don't know what Marvin Mims is going to do, although a lot of signs are pointing to him returning. Um, that's cool. That's fine. Um but you lose Theo Weiss, you lose a bunch of other guys that were on the depth chart, not necessarily contributors um, or major contributors, I should say. Um, but you're having that you you have the chance to bring in collegiate guys who've played college ball and have contributed, and were like the top contributors on their team, like Trey Harris from Louisiana Tech, um, Xavier Guillory from Idaho State, uh, Dorian Singer, which I wouldn't. I wouldn't lean into that too much if I was anyone. I feel like that's going to go uh, another direction. Um, personally, uh, just kind of reading some of the tea leaves here. Um, but, you know, a Trey Harris um, or Xavier Guillory, I, I think that those are some names that we really should probably be honing in on. Um, but those guys were great for their programs. And why would you not add add that to – to what we already have, you know, if, if Mims returns, you have that with Farouk. Um, you get the possibility of Drake Stoops coming back as well. Um, I, I think that they could definitely stand for another offensive weapon um, on the perimeter. Uh, I think at times there was a dependent on on Mims to get open, and if he wasn't, we had issues. We, there was no consistency from some of the guys like Jalil and um, and other other names besides Marvin, and that was the biggest thing coming in this year was like who's going to step up besides Marvin Mims. And um, you get another guy, like like I said, one of these guys that were number ones on our team and they produce at all conference levels and, and so on and so forth. And I think those – it's a good thing. It helps the offense, especially when you're replacing Eric Gray, who was your best offensive player. Um, you need to add all the pieces you can and, and, and make Dylan Gabriel's job a lot easier next year.
Um, so I think that that and if we're if we're gonna add, I'll toss in a, a, a defensive. Um, I I would probably say uh, defensive line. Um, you got Jacob Lacey from Notre Dame, uh, former four star kid. Uh, obviously, the staff was very familiar with him, being that he was recruited heavily by Clemson when they were still there. Um, but there are guys that are out there: Marcus Strong, um, Trace Ford. Um, these are these are guys that have, that have already you know participated in in, in college and have success. Um, and there are some names um, <laughs> from from Clemson um, that are starting to float and kind of surface and from other ACC schools, might I add, um, that obviously the, the, the staff is very familiar with because they recruited the Southeast well, um, that could be potential names to pop up in the portal as well. So, um, there's a couple of four-star defensive linemen. There's the potential that a five-star defensive lineman from another AC school, um, could enter his name into the portal as well. So it's, there's a lot of moving parts right now and some things, um, that might not manifest itself in the next week or two, but over the next couple of months, who knows? We got a couple more names we want to ask Bryant about before we get out of here, but I want to talk to you real quickly about Bet Online. It's the number one place to bet on all your favorite sports from football, basketball, MMA, boxing, esports. They got you covered. Oklahoma right now, seven and a half point dogs to Florida State going into the Cheez It Bowl. So if you're liking that action, go to Bet Online. It's where the game starts. So there are so many names to talk about, Bryant. One of the ones that kind of, I'll be honest, took me a little bit by surprise, but 247 Sports Chris Hummer, he brought up top-ranked running back uh, transfer portal entry, LJ Johnson from Texas A&M as a name to watch for Oklahoma. Uh, that DeMarco Murray basically would would be in on LJ Johnson. I feel like Oklahoma's in a good spot at running back with Javante Barnes, with Gavin Sawchuk, with what they're bringing in uh, in this in this recruiting class with Smothers and with Hicks. But look, I guess if you could get another talented running back out of the transfer portal, why not, right? Yeah, I think that I, I was caught. I was caught off guard by this. Um, I John, John actually shared um, the the Chris Hummer uh, like article in our Discord channel and i was like huh and, and um i i have nothing for for you guys in terms of like how this kind of came about um what i do know is demarco murray and, and oj johnson have a very good relationship he recruited him very hard um a couple of years ago um and obviously lost out on that you know on that commitment um, and I think that was that was at the time where everyone was kind of questioning, like, okay, we when are we when are we going to land like a four star, a, a highly coveted four star, five star running back? And then obviously Demarco Murray does what he does and goes out and gets Javante Barnes and Gavin Sawchuk, and no one really cares about it necessarily as much now. Um, but they have a great relationship, which is why I assume Chris Hummer was like, yeah, Demarco's definitely in on it. And I mean, why not, right? Um, this is this is how all the this is how all the big the big boys play. Um, Alabama's not passing up a, a five star, you know, a, someone that's a proven, you know, a, 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 someone that's already proven to produce 
in college or they're not passing up a five-star kid because they already have two five-star kids in front of them. Um, this just this is just this is how Oklahoma becomes a machine. Um, you stockpile talent and you let the chips fall where they may. Um, yes, Javante Barnes is was had a very solid freshman campaign. Um, we still are waiting to really see what Gavin Sawchuk offers them. Um, and you have uh Dalen Smothers and Caleb Picks on the way um once they sign and and so on and so forth. But I don't think any of them really fit the mold that LJ Johnson does. I, I see Johnson as more of a power back than anything else, right? And I don't think that Oklahoma has it on their roster. There's Marcus Major, right? But I have my own personal doubts. This is not based on anything that I've heard. I have my own personal doubts that Marcus Major, he, based on how everything has taken place this past year and how this, this season kind of transpired for him, it almost feels like it doesn't even – like he's not a guy that I would expect to be here come next summer. Like th- he feels like a guy that might enter his name in the transfer portal. He got passed up by a freshman, and you've now got two more um, incoming freshmen as well to add to the depth chart. Um, yes, I'm sure he's going to get a, a, a significant number of snaps and, and whatnot um, this winter if he if you know if he elects to stay. But it's does he does does he like that though? Is the idea of having to battle it out again for basically what four years now? Does that intrigue him? And if it and if it doesn't, he might leave, um, and maybe look for greener pastures. So then you do need you kind of do need someone like an L.J. Johnson, right? Because you you basically are relying on sophomores and freshmen to carry your running back room, and most teams don't want to do that. Teams do not want to do not want to rely on, you know, sophomores and freshmen as the bulk of their running back room. Just be, we need leadership, right? And I, I I could see the possibility of an LJ Johnson coming in because he's you know he's he's done it before and he can mentor the rest of the room and and be some sort of leadership. And like I said, Demarco Murray has a relationship with him, so there's trust there. Um, I, I don't I don't know. Um, how this works out, obviously, he just took a visit. Um, he, he's already gone on a visit already. Um, I know SMU is in there as well. Um, see if Oklahoma can swing their way and get a visit themselves. Um, I think if Oklahoma gets a visit, though, you got to kind of like their, their, their shot here. Um, this is one of those recruitments where as long as you get them, you get them in the building, you can, you can close the deal. And um, just because of prior relationships right it's kind of like Stogner's situation once once Austin you know and you know initiated conversations with the Oklahoma staff it was like all right we got him as long as he wants to come back he'll come back and um, I think this is a situation too where DeMarco Murray his relationship with him was very strong and I think that his decision to go elsewhere was had nothing to do with DeMarco Murray but more so what can Oklahoma offer me as opposed to all these other places. And so, um, you know, that mass exodus from College Station has kind of hit everyone. So you go where you you feel you feel loved and you have trust. And like I said, if he gets in the doors in, in, in Norman and they get him in for a visit, I can see it moving along fast. Man, Brian, so much great insight and information there over the last, I don't know, 
30 minutes that we've had you. So uh, it's, it's fantastic coverage that you always provide. And I'm appreciative that you're a part of, of Sooners wire. And thank you so much for being a part of the show. Um, Absolutely. Make hey tell people where to find you on Twitter. It's at that man. I'll tell them, I'll tell them where to find you. It's (laughs) at that man, Bryant um, on Twitter. I was having a brain fart there for a second. It's been a long day. Uh, but also go read his work over at Sooners Wire as well, where you can get more recruiting insight uh, from Bryant. Well connected to what's going on in the Big 12, also out east in the ACC, because my man here is from North Carolina uh, as well as uh, Texas. So um, got some roots in different places. So, Bryant, thanks again so much for being part of the show, man. Absolutely. Thank you guys for having me. And that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Sooners. Make sure you subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. We're free and available on all platforms. Go subscribe to the show over on YouTube as well. And, hey, Transfer Portal, it doesn't stop. It's it's the new uh, offseason for, for college football. We're going to talk recruiting, Transfer Portal, nonstop, all day, every day. So subscribe to Locked On Sooners wherever you get your podcasts again. But until next time, he's Bryant Cruz. He's Josh Helmer. I'm John Williams. We'll catch you then. Boomer Sooner. <laughs>